welcome to Spoiler Alert, a weekly talk radio show for TV and movie lovers. I'm your lady host, Sonia Stanger, and I'm joined as always by my two beloved co-hosts, handsome brooding cowboy Sean Dunham, and ah. slightly intense but beautifully dressed kindergarten teacher Jeremy Liquidy. Hi, boys. <laughs> what up? Hello. Hi. How's your week? Oh, I wish I could uh, quit it's... it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Don't oh, <man>. we all. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. <laughs> good. <laughs> Last week, we talked about one of film's favorite families, the Cusacks, and it was so swell that we decided to repeat the exercise with another pair of cinematic siblings, the Gyllenhaals. As always, a spoiler alert is in full effect. You might just find out that even after all these years, Frank the Bunny is still the stuff of nightmares. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, let's do this. So, yes. first question. First mm-hmm. and controversial question. Which Hall is your favorite? We got Maggie, we got Jake. And uh, presumably gonna, the rest of the family. But and we, we also have Randall Hall and Jamie Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> they also act... <laughs> <laughs> Sean just looks to all of the different people every time. Um, I, I'm I'm very I, I I thought I knew the answer to this question last week, and now I think I'm more torn than I was. And uh, I don't know. Like I'm not. They both kind of do different things, which we'll get into. But I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. I also I wow. kind of thought that I thought that Maggie made um strong like more interesting choices for roles before this week. And then as I started getting into Jake's uh, movies, I was like, oh, you make really interesting, crazy movies too. Um, mm-hmm. So honestly, I am I am torn, but I think that like Jake is just so much more versatile. No offense to Maggie. I haven't seen her do a lot more, but he mm-hmm. sings, he acts, he's funny. He's very dramatic. He's got a lot going on. I was really, I was really uh, into Jake this week. I, I think before we continue, we should mention the weirdness. Mm. Oh, because these the, two like, made they, way they different films than the Cusacks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's like an inserted element of weird, or if that's just what they're interested in. But like. You know, I, I kind of had this vision of what they had both done in my mind. Mm. And Maggie's was true to form. Like, that was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And Jake's was a bit more weird. I think he's just done, like, f- five A movies that sort of, like, break that cycle up. I think that's the difference. But um, they, they do some weird stuff. Not that that's bad. Most of it's very good. Yeah. But it's weird. Like, a lot of the movies are kind of difficult to watch, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, a lot of... They really explore some of the complicated depths of the human psyche, I would say. Mm -hmm. They do. Let's... uh, I think we should... I think we should dub it, like, like Nick Cage-ness. You know? Because, like, there's all the stuff about Nick Cage. Like, all those crazy things he does are very intentional choices. And I think that on what, whatever the spectrum is called, they're closer to Nick Cage than the Cusacks, which is an interesting way to frame that logic, but that's where we are. So. Well, the Cage Factor <laughs> is a big part. The Cage the ca- Factor. Uh, uh, Sean just gave it a name. God. Honestly, I, I appreciate that you two 
are kind of occupying a space that I often occupy, the space of indecision and uncertainty. It feels nice think? to have you join me here. Because uh-huh. I'm in the same boat. I would have said oh, okay. Maggie. That's, but I, I, yeah, Jake, Jake has made so many different kinds of movies. And I watched some really weird, crazy stuff this week. And I was like, I don't think I can choose. Also, mm-hmm. I'm very attracted to both of them. Yeah, that's and weird. that's yeah, that's in a, different that's ways. A big part. So <laughs> let's let's get into it. Let's delve into this uncertainty we're feeling. Uh, what did y'all watch this week? Um, well, I hmm. I rewatched Jarhead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, no, you go. You go. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, it's it's the Zoom thing. Uh, I rewatched Jarhead. Um, I saw it when it came out in theaters. I remember it being very unsettling. And, uh, not horrifying. I'm, it, it's, it takes a very strange tone. Um, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal plays a new Marine who is, uh, I believe it's Desert Storm that they're heading into. And, mm. um, ultimately it's about like how they build these people up. And in his case, he's not allowed to actually achieve what he is made to do. And then his life kind of falls apart. Um, but, uh, it, it's worse now. Like it's. When I watch it now, it definitely hits harder. And I remember kind of not liking it. Have you guys seen it? No. No. Okay. Um, it's just really unsettling and, like, very unfair. But he does such a good job at sort of being this guy who's kind of one-dimensional. I think intentionally. Like, he gets broken down, right? Like, he gets all of his himself removed to become this, like, soldier guy. But, um... Yeah, it's just tragic. Like it's just like really sad and depressing. And before I watched it, I was like, I don't want to do this kind of. And then I watched it, and I felt bad, but I was like, that was really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're happy you watched yeah. it? And no, I presume that not. he has I think... body yada yada in this movie. <laughs> no, is that for, for if you want to see is Jake that right? just wearing? Uh, if you want to see him just wearing a Santa hat, not on his head, um, this is the movie for you. Wow, I did not know that. I kind of <laughs> do. I don't not. <laughs> it's uh, I don't know what I don't know what he had to do to achieve that, but it's crazy. Like he is. Damn you know, the, the army. So like a red a red hot chili peppers scenario. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, but Oof. yeah, but with uh, with with more um, hairlessness and and like just. Hard muscle. Oh, your your screen's steaming up there, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> he gets in trouble for doing it, so he has to like pay a penalty. But uh, he stays in costume uh, okay. the entire time. So uh, it's it's weird. It's like it's it's a very uncomfortable feeling. There's some scenes that are very strange, but they really do convey this sort of lifestyle. Um, and it's good. Like it's it's really a downer if you want to bring yourself down go watch your head but um i don't so i think I yeah shouldn't. <laughs> luckily i'm always riding so extremely high so <laughs> yeah we're all just doing amazing this year so i think this is the time <laughs> sean what about you what did you watch or what well, something I, you watched? i watched something that i think we all watched this week uh that is um the maggie and jake duo a uh, donnie darko Yes. And um, I had not seen it before. Um, and so I decided to watch it with, take a trip along with my, with my gals. And it was tough 
fat there's like family stuff is so dark to like you know mm-hmm. like i don't know i was just like trying to see this family trying to handle this like really rude confused teenager um was tough to see but i think yeah. i don't know how i feel about it i think i kind of get it but also um it oh it took me right out at kind of at the beginning where you know when films show a high school and they try to show like the dark underbelly of of suburban high schools and kids are just like doing coke at 9 a.m and holding switchblades and, <laughs> and it's really it's, it's really silly honestly but yeah what'd you guys think um i so i haven't seen this movie for a really long time a friend forced me to watch it when i was like 13 and i it like just scared the bejesus out of me mostly frank um because i wasn't like paying close enough attention to actually understand it and i and i just was like unsettled by it um it's like it's quite a different movie than I kind of had in my mind and it's it's about something totally different than I had ever understood. Like I was just like, "Oh yeah, he's a mentally ill teen." Okay, got it. And it's like, "No, he's literally part of a time travel situation." Yeah, and he's like caught. Like, okay, spoiler alert, the whole thing takes place in a a sort of separate universe that's created it's so complicated. I watched a whole bunch of video essays on it on YouTube because I was like, I don't think I fully understood this. And apparently if you watch the director's cut, everything is explained pretty much by that book that he reads, The Philosophy of Time Travel. That basically explains the whole logic of the film and that she, um, his girlfriend is actually this thing called The Manipulated Dead and she and Frank were, oh, it's so confusing, you guys. I'm not going to do a good job of explaining it. She and Frank actually kind of manipulated the whole situation because they needed to close that time loop on this offshoot universe so that the true universe would be saved. Like, he had to send the jet. Oh, my God. <laughs> Does anyone understand what I'm saying? Uh, I, I understand, but I, like, uh, well... I well, okay. I have a biggest side about this, but that's fine. I don't know. I like it's definitely about a time loop. Like that's yeah. always like I, I thought it. I always thought it was pretty clear. I don't know. It is pretty clear, I but, think, but the specifics of the time oh, theory are yeah. not. At some point, I just sort of give up and be like, it's time travel, mm-hmm. and like carry on. Yeah. Um. Anyway, were you done your thought? I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> I, you, I was just gonna keep explaining in depth how it worked, and I don't think that's a, a good use of anyone's time. Give it, give it a Google, folks. Yeah, to, <laughs> there's yeah. some really good video essays on YouTube. Um, this movie, uh, which I've seen, I think this is the third time I've seen it, is at the center of a problem that I have with Richard Kelly, mm. who is the director and writer of the movie, and um, I think he's really talented. And I think he's made some really cool stuff and like, he's definitely influenced a lot of people and he's like, he's had an impact and he's relatively young. So I want to see what else he creates, but I kind of hate what he makes. Like, I, I don't like, I, it's this weird. Have you guys seen the box, which was his other like big movie? No. Um, it's about, I heard about it. Yeah. It's about it. It's yeah. Cameron Diaz and Cyclops get a box. And uh, if they push the box, they get a million dollars. And it's like 1975. 
Um, and someone on the planet dies. That's the thing. Oh. Anyway, spoiler alert, it turns out to be this, like, huge test. They give, they've given out hundreds of thousands of boxes for humans to see if they are ready to join this galactic oh. uh, community. Like, that's that's what it is about. Um, sorry if you missed out on 2009's The Box, but it's 11 <laughs> years later. Um, and, like, on paper, all of Richard Kelly's work, like, sounds good to me. Like, like oh, I want to see something about people closing a time loop. That sounds great. Like, I want to watch that. Mm. And then I watch it, and I don't know what it is about what he's doing, but I kind of don't like it. Even though, like, I'll go to the theater every time a movie is, comes out. Like, I'm not going to not go. But it's he's like... Um, uh, Kevin Smith called him like a young Christopher Nolan mm. and I think that might be like a similar thing Yeah, but he, he always goes for this like big revelation like Lost yeah. like, like, and I think I just can't do it and like I really appreciate Donnie Darko I love Patrick Swayze in this movie Yeah, and Patrick just Swayze so, see was him. really good I, I, it's so good, and there's so many people in it. Who, like, Noah mm. Wiley's in it. She does a great job. Drew, she, he does a great job. Drew Barrymore's in it. She does a great Like, all these parts are amazing. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh. But I, is I, it... Like, sorry, I shouldn't interrupt yeah. you. No, no, it's, it's, that's, that was a fine place to... It's, it's not about Donnie Darko. It's about Richard Kelly. Mm. And I don't know, like... I don't know if like lost and that sort of stuff has affected me, and that's what's like I like I don't know if it influenced by other stuff, and that's what's going on. Anyway, I don't know. It's a Jeremy thing. Well, and uh, my thing is like, is it that you don't like it, kind of in the way that you're almost supposed to not like it, like that maybe, it's very maybe. unsettling, and like things don't quite make sense, and mm-hmm. like even just even the way Jake Gyllenhaal is in this movie, like when he gets that specific look on his face where he kind of, like, looks down and, like, smirks and he just looks when terrifying he's, like, and murderous. Stage. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's um, like, I don't know. I feel like you're not supposed to enjoy it, almost. Maybe. Sorry, go I ahead, John. I didn't know that Drew Barrymore was in this. Um, and I, I was very... Her character is so weird. Like, she's mm-hmm. just, like, an agent mm-hmm. of chaos. Um, and when she, like... When uh, that girl comes into town, or comes into her classroom for the first time, well, first Drew greets her very aggressively to a new student. And then she was like, take a seat next to the boy who's the cutest. Like, are you crazy? This high school, she's just like <laughs> stirring the pot. She's really weird. And is she I like agree. sexually okay, attracted Sean. to everybody? <laughs> yes. Part of the... Part of the thing that maybe explains this is this whole complicated time theory, which is that basically everyone else in the universe is kind of aware of the mission that Donnie's on to close this time loop. This is one theory. And that Drew and her science teacher husband are like one side of things of like how that should be done. And then the other people like the that crazy gym teacher and everything have like another idea about what he should be doing. So it's basically like these two opposing forces who are trying to steer Donnie in the direction of um, making the choice that will like fix this time loop or whatever. So I think that watching it through that lens makes me think like, okay, maybe this makes more sense, but I agree so much of this movie. I'm like, wait, why is that what happened? So, so I have a question for you two having Mm -hmm. both watched it this week. The in the box, 
he very clearly, like, by the end of the movie, you know exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no ambiguity. Do you think this movie suffers from not having that? Well... Like, the the aliens at the end watching him through the dome or what, you know, whatever it might be. Like, a very clear, oh, here's what happened. Like, what... I, I think always it's wonder created if, like, like that a would, mythos. Like, get me there on Donnie Darko. Mm-hmm. I think it has like this mm-hmm. mythos of Donnie Darko, where everyone is like, "Oh, you gotta watch it. It's crazy. Like, I don't understand it." And then you're like, "I'll figure it out," <laughs> and you're not gonna figure it out. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like that it's ambiguous. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before. I kind of like when a filmmaker doesn't just neatly resolve that for you and leaves you with some questions and leaves things open to interpretation. I think it's really interesting that the director's cut basically has this trump card in the form of the book and all the information in it that explains everything. And to me, I'm like, I don't know, that seems a little too straightforward almost. Or like, mm. that. it's like a whole different, a whole different thing. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I like it. But then also I'm like, I don't know, if you didn't, if you didn't know about any of that stuff in the book, then there's no way to understand what he says is like the true interpretation. So I don't know, I guess is my mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah. we're talking about the Halls and not Donnie Darko specifically. That's true. Um, what did you think of Maggie in that film though? I liked her performance a lot, even though it's very small. It is very small. She, she is coming out. She's so ag- aggressive and antagonistic at the beginning. And then it just, that just like really fades away. Then she just, Gets accepted into college, and that's the end of her role, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like that scene at the dinner table, though, and, like, kind of their back and forth. I feel like their dynamic was really good. Mm-hmm. I think she's, like, a like a, a quick way to sort of establish the roles within the family. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like there's, there's a lot going on, so I think it was just like, oh, everyone's going to know what this means, you know? And she has a, a normal American life compared to you know what her brother's experiencing so i think it was just like uh i think she did well obviously like you know no notes or anything no no but. no notes did you guys this is an aside but have you seen s darko no, no. but i want to now because it's the same have actress you? the same like the little girl samantha is now 18 and it's from her point of view or like it's like basically the same thing starts happening to her as it happened to Jake. But I don't know if I really want to mm-hmm. see it, but it's interesting. Yeah. I always think whenever they people sort of revisit things like that much later, mm-hmm. that it can be like, a, you know, a really cool kind of instance of what's going on. I don't think Richard Kelly had anything to do with it, which makes oh. me think it's probably bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. Because it's okay, not like I'm going to talk about another one I watched oh, this week. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's okay. Um which I watched after Sean you said you watched it and it, and said it was fun. Um which was Velvet Buzzsaw. Jer, oh, have you yeah, seen yeah, this yeah. one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It it was a wild and you're right, Sean, very fun. Movie. Oh, this it's movie not is what camp, I was camp, really camp, expecting camp. at all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's camp. It's so good. Um, yeah. So do you, do you want to maybe explain a bit about what it is? Oh sure. Um, so Jake is a like evil bisexual art critic, 
Um, and basically, <laughs> it's about like a community of art buyers and museum people and like artists. And one character comes in contact with a bunch of amazing art that she just gets for free. Um, but in the because her a neighbor dies and she steals it basically. But in his will, he's like, I want you to destroy all my art. But she's like, no, this is too good. I'm stealing it. And then so everyone that starts uh, profiting off of his art begins to die in these like crazy paranormal ways. And it's just so fun. And every character, like Rene Russo is this like former punk, mm-hmm. now vicious like museum buyer. Um, Tony Collette's got this amazing wig. <laughs> she, it, everyone oh. is so good. Yeah. And basically it's just fashionable yeah, it's, evil um, people get attacked by art. Yeah. <laughs> it was really good. It was really, really good. I thought Jake delivered a delightful performance in this movie. He he can really do like I don't know exactly what the word is even. Like prissy, uptight, kind of manic, kind of like high strung, very flaily, like he just can bring so much to a performance, but that kind of specific character, I feel like he does so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- well, this is a generalization now, but do you guys also feel like Jake does way better with like three to six people and Maggie does better in a one-on-one situation? Like this is kind of a, a bridge, but um, did you guys watch Secretary this week? Yes, I did. I rewatched it. Yeah, Sean? No, I didn't. Unfortunately, but okay. I don't but, mind hearing. Well, it, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Her and James Spader's relationship, like, I would love to know what that was like when the camera stopped rolling. Yeah. Because it's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just the strangest thing. And um, both of them kind of, like, make it look really kind of flawed. Like, the problems the characters are having are not with that interaction, but with, like, do I hold back? Do I, you know, like all these sorts of, and uh, it's, it's insane. Like it's, it's a, it's, it's a bonkers crazy. movie. It, yeah. I realized yesterday it's based on a short story mm-hmm. and I feel like that really comes across in the kind of like intensity, tone and pace of it. Like it's very self-contained in that same yep. way and also has a certain element of, it's not, it's not magic realism exactly, but it's sort of a, it's a, it's a shade of of reality that's not exactly what reality actually is like, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. In uh, the no, way that I, I feel I like a lot agree. of short fiction is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind Almost of dreamlike. Almost in the way that it's a play. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, but her performance in that is honestly amazing, I would say. Like, she just brings so much nuance to that character, and it's like, you're rooting for her so much, even though you're like, what are these circumstances that you're mm-hmm. in? And like... And, and it actually, it, you kind of are rooting for them, even though it's, like, so bananas and not what you would consider a healthy relationship. He's her boss. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> none of this is so, okay. But no. at the same time, you want it to work out. It's so confusing. And and also, like, because like, ultimately, and this is a hard thing to say, mm-hmm. it's a love story. Yeah. Like, that's the, like, that's the thing that's... Because the behavior that these people exhibit with the red pens and the worms and the, got you know all these strange things, yeah, making people sit in chairs for days on an end, it, it like it's so strange, but it's also kind of like, this is what they want to do. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like, like that's kind like, that's kind of where you arrive where it's like, well, if they're happy, I guess this is fine. You know, you know, like it's, I don't know if it's fine. I don't want to put that. I think it's kind. Of, I think it kind of is fine because yeah. it ultimately becomes like it ultimately is about a fulfillment of her true desire and mm-hmm. her, and she finds freedom in that relationship. Like she basically yeah. frees herself with his help, which interestingly mm-hmm. I think is the thing about kink is like when it's when done correctly and safely, it is mm-hmm. a true expression of someone's like desires. Mm-hmm. So even though from the outside it looks messy and confusing and everyone's like, why would you want that? Ultimately, mm-hmm. if it's two consenting, well, or more, if it's consenting mm-hmm. adults, then what do we have to say about it, I guess? Mm-hmm. You should write something called The Thing About King. That's a good title. <laughs> the Thing About King. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just analyzing this movie. Uh, <laughs> one of... My favorite lines from this movie is delivered by James Spader, and her reaction is like, it's so good, because it's just like, we can't do this seven days a week. Yeah. And, like, and then she's like, yes, we can. She like, said, I like, think she's like, why not? Yeah. What, doesn't she like yell at him? Isn't that, or am I? I think she's, I think she says, why not? And then yells at him. Maybe. Okay. Well, then maybe I'm, you know, mixing the, the parts together. Either way, it's crazy and good. Yeah. Okay, well, actually, we are out of time in this half. Um, So we will take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Jill and Halia here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We will be talking more about the Jill and Halls in just a minute. But first, um, do you guys know what what time it is? Uh, It's after lunch. So it's game time, people! Oh. oh, yeah! Woo! Uh, for those who don't, <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend a few minutes this week. It took me a little while to find a title related to our topic that these two have not seen. I tell them the title. They tell me what they think it's about. I tell them what it's really about. Are you two ready to play the game? Yes. yes. This week's title is A Dangerous Woman. That title again, A Dangerous Woman. Ooh, A Dangerous Woman. A Dangerous Woman. I think that A Dangerous Woman is a sprawling epic that spans multiple generations. It starts in maybe like, I don't know, an early century in in like the English countryside. And there's this, this, you know, kind of, quote-unquote crone type woman living in a a hut outside the village and everyone thinks she's a witch and actually she just like knows stuff about herbs and like how to cure illness illnesses and deliver babies but Mm. everyone decides she's a witch and so basically there becomes this like lore about her and then there's this story that like every woman in their family is sort of this like subversive dangerous woman and even if they sort of like try their hardest to conform Something always ends up happening where they kind of end up on the outs with society. And then it, it comes to present day and a descendant of this family is like, all right, you know what? We're going to disrupt this. We're going to figure out what this is about. And then she discovers, I don't know, maybe there's a curse or something, but she has mm-hmm. to like figure out what's going on. And then she goes on an adventure and stuff happens. Oh, that's a fun idea. Wow. <laughs> stuff okay. happens. Stuff happens. Something happens. 
Um, All right, thank you. So Sean? I believe that it stars Maggie Gyllenhaal um, as mm-hmm. a hit woman who is, um, she's trying to lead a double life. She is unfortunately lovers with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't know why the <laughs> casting director did that again. Um, why do you keep doing this, John? <laughs> it's so weird, but to us? <laughs> she has to keep doing it. And um, he thinks that she's an English teacher and she's trying to cover her tracks. But eventually it all blows up in her face and he discovers what she really is. But, you know, it's a it's a fun romp, except you can't stop thinking about whenever they have a love scene. You're like, oh, anyway, (laughs) that casting director, I tell you. Well, oh, why did they make eighty percent of this movie love scenes? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, I think I'm happy to say that you're both uh, wrong in every way, shape, or form. Huh. Um, so, uh, a dangerous woman is from 1993. Uh, it stars Deborah Winger, uh, Gabriel Brin, a few other folks, and the Jill and Hall children are in this movie. Because it's directed by their father, Stephen Gyllenhaal. Oh. Are they children? Um, I think I think they're well, pretty young. Well, if it's young. 93, yeah. yeah. When did Donnie Darko come out? 2000, I think, or like the late they 90s? Were, yeah, so... so They yeah, would have been so, like so 13 it's, it's pretty, and like 16. Yeah. Um, this movie sounds really bad. <laughs> okay. And... and um, uh, it like it's it's it wasn't released on region one in DVD, so that means like it wasn't released to North America in a capacity in which you could buy it. Um, it's essentially about a woman who may be mentally challenged, who is having trouble going through life, and then falls in love with a guy, and then some stuff happens and somebody dies. And I think I'm gonna leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to hit this real hard with a spoiler alert, does not recommend. But uh, if you want to read something weird, uh, jump on A Dangerous Woman. You will have to navigate the Ariana Grande situation. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, and like for the faint of heart, just just stick with Ariana and don't go any further. And that'll probably be probably be enough. Thank you guys for playing the game. But I don't want to talk about this movie at, as, any more than I have to. Wow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeremy's Jer- views do I not reflect say- ours. <laughs> can I just say, guys, something about you, it makes me feel like a dangerous woman. I just have <laughs> to say. Mm-hmm. Sonia, where'd you get right. those bunny ears that you're wearing? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys noticed that I've been tanning to, frankly, a problematic level? Or is that just... <laughs> A problematic level. All right. Ariana digs aside. Um, let's start. Let's get back to talking about the Gyllenhaals. Um, have either of you. So speaking about speaking about speaking. further to Jeremy's point about kind of Maggie's Maggie's ability to thrive as sort of a singular force or maybe part of a duo. Yeah. Have you all seen a little movie called The Kindergarten Teacher? I yeah. watched it. And wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's pretty upsetting. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's hard to. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but I will say. Maggie, oh, sorry. Oh, you I was go. just gonna give a quick, a quick little overview. You do. You do. Maggie is a kindergarten teacher. She seems really sweet and to care about her kids, but then she gets this one kid who is clearly a, a genius, um, a musical genius. No, an artistic genius. I watched this a while ago. 
Oh yeah, Chan he just is... like he sometimes just like rattles off like a small poem, and she oh, poem it's best. yeah. And she, yeah, sorry, why don't you say it, since you just watched it, (laughs) instead of... Basically, so there's a five-year-old in her class that she will sometimes watch if he, like, zones out and starts pacing. He'll just, like, say a little poem. And she Mm -hmm. is a struggling poem, poetry writer, and she's really bad at it. And so she is, like, really drawn to this. And she tries to keep, um, she tries to make his uh, babysitter, like... Uh, write them down immediately she like gets really wants to make sure that he grows nobody else is really taking her seriously because they're like yeah he's it's fine he sometimes does this and then so she goes to big lengths to uh steal his poetry and try to nurture his talent and she just goes right off the dang rails yeah she sure does but i will say that at but the it's beginning, a great performance yeah, I thought she was a really good kindergarten teacher. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> that's know. part of what makes it so scary. Until she was that she, You're like, oh, she really cares about the kids. Like, she's really dedicated. She, like, thinks about, you know, her pedagogy. She's, like, so committed. And then as the film goes on, you're kind of forced to confront the dark depths of, of her, like, obsession with this kid's talent and her feelings about her own lack of talent and... Yeah, it's yeah, a really her like jealousy. Movie. Um, what I yeah. think is funny, um, I love parts in like movies like this where, when she reads the poem aloud to her class, people have to react so strongly. Um, the like all these films about creative output, like people have to be like, mm-hmm. act like it's the best poem they've ever heard. And honestly, the poetry, I was like, this is so lame. But somebody has yeah. to make it. But everyone else in the world has to react like it is so cool. Um, and she also does this fun, so funny thing where she, when she reads her poem, she does this sort of smirky like mic drop moment where she like knows that it's like really good. And she's like, mm-hmm. she's so good as, as this person, this really weird person. Yeah, I think she can, she, well, both of, both of them honestly can really deliver these performances that make you confront the complicated parts of of someone like they they can make it so creepy so so well you know what i mean yeah i was in i honestly yeah when she starts waking him up at nap classes and like uh and like making him do her writing exercises like to, to try to steal his poetry and i was like it just like it really suddenly I don't I don't know she didn't really seem like the type I guess I'm not maybe she, I, she went crazy too quickly for me I'm not sure or too suddenly mm. I don't want to say crazy but so like you, obsessive so you felt like that build up maybe wasn't there I guess she just was such a nice mom and teacher and then like kind of suddenly she was like I'm taking your talent. But mm. I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. It's a very, it's a very complicated movie. Honestly, honestly, Jerry, you should watch it. Just yeah, so I'll we check can it out. Know. Um, well, okay. Any? Do we have any other things we watched this week, or favorite, or least um, favorite, Hall uh, like, performances that we want to talk about? I would like, if I may, to bring up the role of Mr. Music in the Sack Lunch Bunch. 
Um, <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. It, I still haven't watched it. It's so funny. And Jake is just this sort of um, unhinged, unprepared man in crisis, like trying to do this, <laughs> like trying to do this little spot on this kid's show where everything makes music. Um, and he has a little song about it, but everything that he tries to use is too quiet and soft because he didn't plant enough like props to make mu- fun music with. And he just like, <laughs> he, <laughs> he just basically ramps up like psychotically and all the kids are just really feeling sorry for him. And uh, he's just, I think he should have won an Emmy for this role. I think it's so funny. <laughs> uh, I remember being so shocked when that was his part because it like it there's like all the promos for the show and like it's like jake gyllenhaal is in it and you're just like watching it and it's just so uncomfortable and weird and that's like that's what they wanted right because jumley's trying to highlight all these very strange things that are fine on kids shows and uh it's just so nuts like it's crazy but it's really it's really fun (laughs) music here music there it's so good that's fun i I love how all the kids just feel sorry for him anyway keep going yeah i would like to bring up two other things first of all we made a huge mistake last week because we did not talk about high fidelity and junk i know i thought about it right after i was as it, it hurt so anyway we can't do it again so uh, because of that, um, I I didn't rewatch it, but I like checked it out again. I might have to rewatch Brokeback Mountain because mm. it is really good, and not like like I know a lot of people like um, give Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal like all of the, but um, everyone in that movie yeah. is like absolutely bringing it, and the way these people are sort of navigating the world with no right answer is really great like it it, like the range of emotion is insane and um you know especially like in the 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 latter third of the movie like it is just heartbreaking but uh jake brings it like he like everything he's got like he just like lays it all out on the table this was trippy for me because did you know that they were like 25 when they filmed that I, like, yep. I was, you know, I, I guess I was like 18 when it came out, but I just kind of assumed that they, I don't, I'm not sure why. It just seems very young right now to be doing such a role, but they mm-hmm. did great. Yeah. And even like the age up parts, like where they, like, it works out really, like it holds up. It's really great. It's, it's just a really good job. Like, yeah. They, so. Truly. And, yeah. And from Ang Lee, I will never be not, I will never not be surprised by that. <laughs> oh, Why? Ang will, Ang will never God. let you know what he's doing. Yeah, it's just like that, that dude's got it all, you know, yeah, like truly. he can, he can just do whatever he wants and it's probably going to be pretty dang good, but pretty anyway, dang good. I just want to bring it up. <laughs> okay. Any other important mentions? Um, actually there's one that I wanted to talk about. How do y'all feel about the character of Mysterio <laughs> uh, in Spider-Man? I think Far From Home, Homecoming, from which home. one? Far, far From Home. It's good because uh, Jake, what... Jake is, uh, he's good at being really charming and then doing a, you know, a nice little twist mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, something's uh, going on here. And uh, I think playing into the sort of weirdness of like the performance diva 
really like gave it a lot extra because you know like the character is not quite like that but he's better when Jake Gyllenhaal is playing him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're playing with, like, a lot of, like, conceptions around performance and everything. But um, it's just really fun. And it still has that, like, Gyllenhaal weirdness mm. element, right? Like, you know, you're watching it. And, and I don't know. I, I don't know what your guys' exposure to it is. But, like, when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, he's the bad guy. Like, mm. I, like there was no doubt. Like, I just immediately knew. So I was wondering how they were going to sort of pull it off. But um, did you guys know that beforehand or no? I didn't no, know I did it not. beforehand. But I, I, as soon as he was on screen, I was like, mm, I mm-hmm. feel like there's something here. You got there. Um, anyway, yeah. No, it was uh, the right amount of weird. And uh, it just worked out really well. Perfect. Um, I'm trying to think if, if I've forgotten any important mentions. Um, I like the role of Maggie in uh, Mona Lisa Smile. She's um mm. she's Giselle. She's a bit she's one of the the gals that's a little more freewheeling and everyone is like uh kind of judges her for it because it's the whatever, the fifties. Um but there's a scene where Kirsten Dunst is like going after her so hardcore uh and just like being vicious and it looks like Maggie's gonna slap her. But then she just like hugs her and it's a very like, it's a good, powerful scene. And it just like shows you because Kirsten is being such a terrible person the whole movie. But then you're mm. like, oh, yeah, Kirsten's Kirsten's got a lot on her plate. <laughs> <laughs> the 50s <laughs> is not good to women. I need to rewatch that. I haven't watched it in a long time. <laughs> no, believe it's, it or it not, really this may good. be news to some folks, but uh, the 50s is not a great time for women. Yeah, Julia Roberts does a great speech where she's like, a girdle will set you free? What does that mean? Yeah, she's just like, (laughs) is looking at advertising. Um, Anyway, it's really good. Love it. Um, Okay. Also, I just wanted to say that I should have watched Cecil B. Demented, which is a John Waters film, and I always want to watch it, and I forget. But this would have been perfect because Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it as sort of, as part of his weird ragtag um, crew. So that's mm-hmm. a regret. There were honestly, there were so many to choose from. Like these two have been in so many things that I want to either rewatch or watch. I had a lot of trouble deciding this week. So mm-hmm. we just did our best, yeah. you know, guys. We do what we can. That's all, all we right. can do. Well, with that, it is time for us to move into a little segment we call "What You Watching," where we tell each other what we've been watching. So, boys, <laughs> what you watching? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go because I have the same what you're watching from the previous eight what you're watching. <laughs> um, I'm still making my way through this Bond situation. Um, mm. I have I have my first non Connery Bond. Uh, it's it's funny because it's the late '60s and a lot of the um, I'm watching Her Majesty's Secret Service, which a whole bunch of it just doesn't make any sense. Like humans don't interact that way. Um, but uh, it's really what Mike Myers based a lot of Austin Powers on. So he's like mm. walking around in a kilt with a frilly lace cravat. You know, like wow. it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely, it's nuts. It's absolutely, it's, it's so, it's, I don't understand it at all. But, um, I, the more I watch James Bond, the more I think like these people are just broken and sad. Mm-hmm. And like, 
living this life must be so awful that these, like, this is the way you have to interact with people. Because there's women who, like, act in the way that James does and other agents and all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm curious to see, because I, as far as I can recall, the first sort of bit of fragility comes from Daniel Craig, which is, like, 80 movies away. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, it's getting a little sad. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <laughs> poor James! Just pour yourself a martini, Jerry. That'll pick you right up. And just shake it up. Shake oh, it. Shake, shake, shake it. Don't stir it, though. <laughs> Don't you dare stir it. Don't do um, it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I watched um, a film called Dolly Parton's Christmas in the Square. Um, oh. and uh, me and friends of the show, Nat and Christy. Uh, started a little text thread while we watched it. Um, and it is, it's a very, it's a crazy, insane uh, musical holiday film um, starring Christine Bransky and Dolly Parton. Um, and it's so, it's so funny. Dolly is literally never on set. Like not a once. There's, they film whole <laughs> scenes with her, like very obviously green screened in. In the beginning, there's a whole, there's a big number where she is like a homeless woman. Like she's like spare change. And she's got this like, you know, crunchy dolly wig and like face made up and wearing like a sort of a gray, like Griselda style outfit. Like I'm a homeless person, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) and then fake out. She's actually an angel and she's helping Christine Bransky stop being evil and, um, you know, be nice again. It's because she's like the Scrooge character. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so I like Christine Baranski does the best she can do because she's like she's basically acting with an empty room for a lot of it because Dolly <laughs> is green screened in, floating on a teeny little cloud, like just floating around <laughs> the room. <laughs> oh god, it's so sad. It's so silly. And yeah, Jennifer <gasps> Lewis is in it as a a mayor slash salon owner. Uh, with this like big gay um, staff that like dances and vogues in her salon. Uh, every song is packed with exposition. It's just like I'm back in town for one night to give uh, to <laughs> like to. We've been friends since we were kids, but now I moved away and I'm mean. Like it's all it's so crazy. Anyway, I kind of just you want guys, you, you to guys should watch the it. whole movie for yes. me. I would like, like that. I honestly, that. It, it inspired me again to write another, like, we should do another holiday um, movie or a oh, holiday radio play. Holiday. Yeah. Because I agree. It, sure. it really made me be like, oh, yeah, this is hilarious. I agree. Um, yeah. If listeners don't know, Fleece Navidad, I believe, is in the in the podcast feed. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is the, the the Hallmark style holiday radio Le- play we made last last year that Sean wrote. Uh, Le- and late later this year, uh Fleece Navidad 2, the quickening. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um speaking of holiday ridiculousness, this week uh I watched just an absolute Mastercraft in filmmaking with friends of the show Tatum and Bridget um, called Princess Switch Switched Again. Oh, you watched it? I eh? did watch it. Yes. We love to, you know, watch it. We love to watch a bad movie, the three of us, and just have a good old giggle. And I will tell you what, we did laugh hysterically pretty much start to finish. So 
I, if listeners somehow don't know, Princess Switch came out, I believe, think last year or the year before. It, 2018. A, ne- a Netflix 2018. original holiday film in which, in which Vanessa Hudgens stars opposite Vanessa Hudgens. Um, <laughs> and this time, guess what, guys? There's another one. There's a third Hudgens Whoa. in the mix. Um, no relation? It was hot. It was... Uh, no, uh, this time she is the cousin of one of the previous Hudgens. So at least there's, like, some explanation for why she looks exactly the same. There's no explanation for the original one, why they look the same. Um, This is a hot hot dumpster fire of a film, to be honest. Uh, She, apparently she can't do more than those two accents. So the accent for the third one is just kind of the same, but, like, a little tiny bit different. Um, (sighs) She has the world's absolute worst wig this blonde atrocity atop her head. Um, there's so, like you sort of know exactly how the conflict will arise and resolve the whole time. <laughs> Jeremy just. I've, I've just found a picture of her on set. I th- I hope this is this heading her to on set. set? It's crazy. She looks like a witch. She yeah, looks so I, angry. I think, like a she's, I think she's probably just like. Yeah, like like got her stuff done and heading in, but you can see the disdain in the jaw, right? Yeah, like you can see that no one wants to be there. Yeah, especially her, especially, especially three, three times. times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, there almost isn't real conflict, and it there's like not really a climax. Things kind of just resolve. Oh, I. This is a another one in the. Spoiler alert, does not recommend. Um, oh, I'll be watching. But you, yeah, I think just like, just put it on, have a cocktail, just lol, 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 lol. My question Go for ahead, you Sean. is, do you think next year there's going to be a fourth? I hope so. Honestly, I truly hope so. And I hope they really go in a whole new direction and give her a really offensive accent. Mm. You think maybe they could like movie magic her into a child, and like <laughs> one of them has a, a copy, maybe. Like like I would so, love so, that. So, but this is a case where I think Richard Kelly needs to get involved <laughs> and then explain away what's happening in this crazy world. And at the end, we slow zoom out and everything's happening in the snow globe that you shake. Oh, I thought you were like we slow zoom happened. out and we find that every person in town all look like her. and they're in a parallel universe and they're all trying to resolve the time loop yes oh my god (laughs) beautiful honestly that would be way better probably yeah the the princess switch get switched (laughs) get switched (laughs) okay well on that beautiful note that is all the time we have for this week so i'd like to give a shout out to saskatoon's the garys for the use of our theme song manituna my co-hosts sean and jeremy everyone at cjtr and to you our beloved listeners for lending us your ears the show is broadcast wednesdays at 6 p.m rebroadcast thursdays at noon and we're available as a podcast on cjtr's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts stay safe and have a great week bye see ya bye